welcome home. This is Audio EXP for the 17th of July 2021. And the title of this episode is Will the Military Be Delivering D&D and Board Games by Christmas? In Audio EXP last week, we talked about a woman who had a game piece rammed in her nose and causing pain for 37 years before she went to the doctor. This week, we are looking at growing speculation that the military might end up helping move parcels such as crates of D&D games and by the way Wizards of the Coast have announced delays on which light already in some regions as well as board games into the United Kingdom. Is it 37 years with a tiddlywink up your hooter? No, it's a Brexit story. It's a Brexit story made worse by the lockdown but basically it was Europeans who drove HGVs to make deliveries up and down the country, and now they're gone, and the UK can't get its logistics running. The phrase the newspapers are using is lorry crisis. Now there are reports, rumours with meat, that the UK government is in behind-the-scenes talks to get special permission and incentive to bring those lorry drivers back. It's incredible either way, it's either a Brexit-flavoured U-turn, or, as some now feel likely, the armed forces will be roped in to help. Parcel Hero, a delivery company, sent Geek Native and others a report which treats both ideas as credible. Meanwhile, to stay in business, UK Games Expo, that big convention, is pushing ahead, and success here will help other small businesses stay afloat. But it's a gamble. Here, there has been a confirmed U-turn with the Expo, as the organisers and the company who own the venue now say that visitors will have to wear masks. That's only half of it. Visitors will also have to take a home lateral flow test before attending and show an NHS COVID pass to confirm they're clean. Sounds harsh, but fair? The NHS COVID pass is only available to the English not the Scots, Welsh, Northern Irish or international visitors. Email evidence the day before is accepted, but what a guddle, huh? It seems for now that online events might be easier, even if they don't have the same vibe. WitcherCon happened, D&D Live is happening, they're both online events, so let's take a look. WitcherCon was straightforward and with lots of news. There were trailers, from the next season of The Witcher, trailers for the freaky looking anime prequel, and even a new graphic novel called A Grain of Truth. As a reminder, if you are a fan of The Witcher books, then the author's new series has book one, The Tower of Fools, as a competition prize here on Geek Native. At the time of recording, there are nine days left for that to run, and you can see that there are 88 entry points recorded that you earn one by entering and answering a poll question and that means you have about a one percent chance of winning but the catch is the publisher can only ship to the uk g4 are helping wizards run DD live and i've already spoken about the pros and cons of getting another brand so overtly involved the event seemed to be starting well in the run-up we got free ravenloft character sheets and another free D&D Magic the Gathering crossover adventure called The Verdant Tomb. 
you can find links to both on the blog, which you can get to via the show notes. Then, Nerd Immersion, a YouTuber, hacked around in the front end of some D&D Beyond code needed for the API to access and found a reference to a book called Fizban's Treasury of Dragons. And yes, that did turn out to be the new book. So it wasn't a leak or a security breach, but, you know, a hack in the shade in between. Sorry, wizards, your thunder was stolen again. We've now seen the alternative cover, and wizards did send the big blog some quotes and arts, and then they talked everyone else through the book on D&D Live. We're getting gem dragons back, great worms as super powerful dragons that build on the mythic tier stuff. Uh, it's going to be a book like um, Volos and Mordenkind's, but all about dragon and dragonborn. But a third of it is suitable for players, and that's an essential move by Wizards of the Coast because it means more people might be interested in buying it. There was also news about the other books and, and live streams that are coming up, of course. We know a lot more about the Wild Beyond the Witchlight, the, the Feywild adventure set in the Witchlight Carnival. The dice and accessories packs are getting even larger and yet more attractive with these supplements. Of course, not everything D&D needs to be Wizards of the Coast these days. Not with the open gaming license, 5e, and history. But don't worry, this isn't a TSR Games 4, 5, or 6 story. It is about Luke Gygax writing a D&D adventure, though. He and Matt Everhart released The Eye of Chentinofi. And that looks to expand Luke Gygax's world of Oricum. Luke Gygax's world of Oricum wasn't on my radar before, but it is now. And the week's news isn't all D&D. Other big headlines for me this week was Magpie Games finally being able to talk about their previously unnamed but definitely powered by the apocalypse RPG for Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. The game will be called Avatar Legends. There's a free to down quick start out now and I had an early look so I popped a review up. I also find out that the Kickstarter, which will be used as a way for Magpie to sell games directly to customers before the RPG hit shops, will include a Kickstarter limited edition. Cubicle 7 has two bits of news too, and neither of them about a license moving out of their care. There is a new edition of the Doctor Who RPG on the way, and it will be called Doctor Who the role-playing game this time, which makes sense. It has Jodie Whittaker's 13th Doctor on the cover, and it will use a version of the Vortex system, and all supplements should be cross-compatible. The second bit of news is that the steampunk fantasy Victoriana is also getting a new edition. I had thought Cubicle 7 had quietly parked the game, but I was wrong. This will be the fourth edition of the game, and it will use 5e rules. That's to say the same game engine that powers D&D will now power Victoriana. I think it's a good idea, but I have seen mixed reactions. There's a new Dracula tabletop RPG on the way. Nightfall Games have bought the Stokoverse license, and the upcoming RPG will use their S5S system. Nightfall is currently busy with the Terminator game, but they have confirmed the pattern for the Stokoverse will be the same as it was for the Terminator and Slay Industries. And that means we can expect a quick start out on drive-through RPG a long time before the Kickstarter for the main game. The Stokerverse is the creation of Darcy Stoker, 
the great-grand-nephew of Bram Stoker and Chris McCauley, an award-winning artist and writer. It is very much about expanding that Dracula story. So, let us make an effort to step away from some of these more significant publishers and go smaller. The RPG publisher Spotlight this month is with Grognardia Games. I was able to line up a quick Q&A with James Malowski, the one-time Wizards of the Coast designer who created it. James, in some ways, could be considered one of the founding academics of the OSR movements, as he was one of the first to say, look, D&D 4E feels a bit too much like a computer game. I want to go back to my roots. In fact, I asked James what was coming up in the tabletop RPG space that had his interest, and he pointed out two things. The reprints of the original Call of Cthulhu box sets, and the next edition of Astonishing Shodsman and Sorcerers of Hyperborea. The box sets are literally old games published again, which fits the desire for old school, and Hyperborea, says James, harkens back to the first edition of Advanced D&D. You can spot the trend. Even these future events have strong roots in the past. In the meantime, James is working on a setting called The Vaults of Sharathan. The Vaults of Sharathan is a weird fantasy setting that's something of a secret science fiction. It looks like fantasy, but it's actually powered by science. Demons, for example, are extra-dimensional aliens. Two reviews worth a mention on the highlight show this week are both Osprey Games works. So, at a sweep, we're out of indie and into potential giant territory. Osprey is owned by Bloomsbury, and there's a company that could go large, very large with tabletop books if they wanted to. And they must surely be looking at a way to make books more digital. You know, as virtual tabletops can offer. The Fall of the Children of Bronze is a campaign for the fantasy jackals. In jackals, characters are heroes who help humanity stay independent from monstrous creatures that once ruled them. It's a D100 light system with an OSR feel yet modern sensibilities. The Fall of the Children of Bronze is stretched out over many years. In fact, a strength of it is that your Jackal's characters can retire and be replaced with rules and advantages for doing so. Unlike most other pre-written campaigns, it's not linear and it's not a sandbox. It's a set of only loosely connected events that foreshadow the fall of the city. If you know what you're buying, then I think it's very good, but it might catch you out otherwise. I liked it. The other Osprey game, which is out just this week, is Sigil and Shadow. It's a contemporary game of all-cut horror and urban fantasy. I think you know the pitch. The world is not as it seems. My initial reaction to Sigil and Shadow wasn't great. I knew this story, and I had rules for it already. However, the game totally won me over because of the mysticism and the supernatural ecosystem built into it. It's surprisingly deep, and yet barely fleshed out. In other words, it's like an empty house, or a mansion, or a castle, for a clever GM to fill. I think with occult horror games, you need to pack in the surprises, the discoveries, the dark cupboards with skeletons inside, because your players must never get too comfortable. Given that I already pretty much knew the system from Jackals, it took just one game of Sigil and Shadow to convince me that my first impressions were wrong. Now I would happily recommend the game. It's not to review, but another game to call out is Lost Lights. It's a brand new Kickstarter, but the entire player's guide is available for free. 
That's now on Drive Through RPG, but Geek Native readers could and still can download the copy straight from Google Drive. I couldn't embed it on the site as it was too large. Lost Lights isn't about taking a real world culture and then pretending it's fantasy. Instead, it's Mesopotamian and Mesoamerican mythology inspired RPG setting for 5e and Pathfinder. I think it's worth a look. I also have two stories where it might be too late to take a look. And weirdly, they're both Super Mario themed. There's a Super Mario themed Game of Life board game and it's reportedly selling out. I, I did struggle to find it, but I can see it on Amazon as a pre-order. Either way, the steam coming off this classic reimagined as a battle with Bowser is one to move quickly on if you want it. The other is a Super Mario themed Tag Hour smartwatch. It costs more than $2,000 but that didn't stop it from selling out in less than 10 minutes. All gone. $2,000 a pop, and with an animated Mario in the watch face, if you want one now, you'll have to dirty yourself with eBay scalpers. And I found one going for $50,000. I don't even have the money for the Super Mario game of life. I, I blame Kickstarter. But because of that, it means I watch bundles. And over at the bundle of holding where Dyer has two fragged RPG deals going, and you'll get a whole range of settings for this pretty cool game. I, I, okay, I've not played it, but I've heard only great things about it from people who like to tell me get about games. I'm a little bit more cautious about the other. It's a humble bundle deal with the British developer of visual novels and computer RPGs, Winged Cloud. They have a deal that brings Sakura Spirit games, um, and it's certainly great value for money, and there's no recommended age that I could see in the bundle, but the thumbnails on these stories certainly have plenty of generously endowed flesh on display. Uh, lastly, and not to finish on stories of flesh and eBay touts, let's talk about big potato games and the great board game trading. About 60 retailers in the UK are taking part, and all you do is take a board game you no longer want to one of these stores, and they'll donate it to a local charity for you. Yay, karma! But when you do that, you also get 20% off a big potato game purchase of your choice. And this strikes me as a great way to help your local store recover from the lockdown or get through the next wave, while also doing good and being savvy with your money. On that note, let's wrap there. Keep safe, mask your dragon, and we'll see you next week.